0: How many times in your life have you found something? While looking for something completely different, while looking for those lost keys, you happen to find those sunglasses that you've been looking for for the last six months. It happens all the time. And it happens with big things and little things alike. Same thing happens with Jiu Jitsu. You sign up because you wanna learn how to defend yourself. You wanna get in shape. You wanna try something new and exciting. But then you get called back every single day for something completely different. You get called back because very quickly you realize that the people you're training with, the people who are sacrificing and offering up their bodies and their knowledge to help you become some of the closest people in your life. Join Jiu Jitsu for so many reasons, such as the physical and the getting in shape that we don't realize that it's gonna have a huge impact on our social lifestyle, on our emotional well-being, as well as our psychological. In this episode, I'm gonna sit down with one of my closest friends, my brother, Roy, and we're gonna talk about just that. I'm going to hang out with all of you, all of you listening. Well, I also consider strong friends, friends that I met because of jiu-jitsu, friends that I met because I took a step out there, out of my comfort zone. This is episode four of Tapping In. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with our fourth episode of the Tapping In podcast. Nice. Nice. I am Professor Miguel. That gentleman that you just heard is purple belt Roy. Roy is yeah. Roy is Good night getting night of deep half tonight. <laughs> we did cover a lot of deep half tonight. I, love it. I I like deep half. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I almost like steer away from teaching deep half. Why? It, because I do it so often. Not, not, I I shouldn't even say I teach it so often. Right. But like it's my go-to position. And it's what I like to do that I feel like when I'm teaching it, I'm cheating the students out of like other stuff that I could be really? teaching. Or you, or is it advanced?
1: Is that what your thought is? Or like, what do you think? I don't
0: think it's advanced. I think because when we train, I do it so often okay. in my mind, I feel like I'm teaching it more than I'm actually teaching it. Wow.
1: That's so, an interesting thought concept though. Yeah. So I feel like do you do I feel like I, positions.
0: No, I think it's just with half guard and deep path because those are my okay. positions. So it, it, for example, it's like, even though I'm only teaching it once every, you know, six weeks or so, right, right, right. I still do it every night. Right. I gotcha. I gotcha. So for me, it's almost like, oh, well, I just taught this. And it's like, well, no, I didn't actually, like we haven't done it in a while. But
1: it's such a, like a building block kind of thing. Everybody's got to have that in their arsenal.
0: I do. I, I, I think everyone does have to have that in their arsenal. I agree
1: with that. Um, yeah, you were talking with Justin. Has he not played that before? Is that the thing where he just doesn't want to try it, or he just doesn't want to?
0: So, so Justin is Coach Justin. He's a purple belt and super tough, super tough, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, I, I started letting him coach a little bit, and he just took that little bit by the like. He just grabbed the bull by the horns, mm. got really into the DVDs and the classes and taking right, notes, right. and um, he reminds me very much. I'm going to give a uh, I'm going to mention a name right now. Joe Dockery from uh Bay of, Shore. almost
1: kind of look alike. They kind of
0: almost look alike. I think Joe's a little Same better body looking. Types. Same uh. body type. Joe's a little better looking uh than Justin. <laughs> but uh, you know, Bay Shore, BJJ, Joe Dockery. Oh, my voice cracked. I'm like 14. You heard that? Uh, and the fact that they're very methodical with what they do. Right. Yeah. Joe's got notes from like when he was a blue belt. Wow. I didn't I I'd didn't even take notes in high school and college. I like never. I just I've always been I've always been able to retain certain information. It's like my body just kind of weeds out like not necessary, yeah. not necessary. Right. Remember that. Not ne- you know. What was your favorite class
1: in, in college? I'm just curious. We'll get into <sighs> other stuff. I was
0: just... So we're gonna get into the topic. So believe it or not, I when I went to college, I wanted to become a lawyer. Okay, I could totally see that. <laughs> I wanted to become a lawyer. And then uh, when I went when I transferred and started going to Mercer. I went into uh, exercise science. I wanted to be a gym teacher. And then I said, I'm just going to do jujitsu. Right, and we right, went that path. You know? But, you know, so Justin, you know, he, he wants to, he plays a lot of half guard with the butterfly hook. And I'm trying to, tell him like, you can play deep half. He's like, oh, but now I got to learn one more thing. And I'm like, dude, you're already doing it. Yeah, you just yeah, don't yeah. realize it. But hey, that's just the way his mind is. But we got to play some deep half tonight. Um, you know, Rob Baker's back. Love uh, Rob. Big. I love Rob. Jeez, how do you he, not love that, dude? He wants to get on the podcast, and I'm like, Rob, we got to keep it clean. Like, we got to, like, like, listen, dude, it doesn't have to be, like, PG or PG-13, but right. it can't be, like, showtime 1 o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah, like Rob. <laughs> and he's a lawyer, too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's raw, man. I love that guy with all my heart and soul. But we're kind of getting into the topic we want to talk about tonight, right, Roy? Absolutely. So we're talking about all these people and, you know, you know, how much we care about them and we love them and all these friendships we start mm-hmm, to develop.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Jiu Jitsu. It's about so much more than oh, yeah. just coming in, learning chokes, learning takedowns.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What else are you getting from this? Yeah. You know, Pete McHugh mentions it in his podcast. The tribe. Yeah. Joining that tribe. And you mentioned it in in the second episode. A bunch of
1: times. I I I think of what we do. If you all right. If you're a person, I don't know, let's say you're, and you got the kids in the house, you got the wife there, you, you know, you don't know what to do, but you're saying, okay, do I join a church group? Do I go to the gym? Do I join a basketball league? Do I, I don't know, do macrame, whatever the frig. Uh, you're not creating the deepness that I think BJJ gives you in friendships. And I speak from experience. The friendships that I've created in BJJ are just absolutely, a, you know, a, a huge part of my life, and I feel like I know people. Do you do you sense like when, you know, obviously from a coaching perspective, but do you sense like you're getting a deeper level of friendship with people because of this? One hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any substitute for it, and I think part of the reason is this. And there's a lot of reasons, and we're gonna mm-hmm. get into them. Everybody comes in. They want to learn the takedowns. They want to get in shape, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, if that was the case, how come no one leaves as soon as class is over? All <laughs> right. I certainly know. No, no. We're here. This is why we have a podcast it's, because we'd already be here till 11 o'clock at night. And someone was like, just put a microphone in front of you guys and just call it a show. Right. So what happens is, you know, you take class and you are in very close proximity with someone. Yeah. You are in between someone's legs. You are mounted on top of someone. Someone is on your back. You're hoping this person doesn't break your arm, doesn't break. And you just met five minutes ago.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. You
0: just met. <laughs> and you have to have all this trust with a stranger. Yep. Well, after an hour of you literally like whispering sweet nothings into each other's ear, because today's the day we're going to go over back attacks. And, you know, I want you to go ear to
1: ear and head placement. That is a particularly romantic position to be in. Very romantic. You know,
0: <laughs> so funny story. Uh, I was just at a wedding last week. Uh, my teammate, Vincent Palmieri, uh, his dad, Rossi, is uh, my professor. We got our black belts at the same time. Right? Yeah, you're uh, just got married. Beautiful wedding. Beautiful ceremony. Ceremony was gorgeous. It was at a beautiful really? church. Okay. It was actually the church that Rossi got married at with oh, uh, wow. his wife. Still Good married. Stuff. Good stuff. God bless him. Uh and then just a, a fantastic reception. And you know, when I when I hang out with my jiu jitsu friends and these are, you know, my the OC Ocean County BJJ sure. guys um, who I've been training with for years. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking some of those guys I've been training with 13 14 years. Right. Right out the gate there's no small talk, there's no fluff. I go right into just being myself sure. and being who I am. And you know, my wife is there with me and she's like she's like you just go right into it. I'm like Steph. You gotta understand something. There's no reason for fluff with these guys. Yeah. I was like, I've had my head in places underneath these guys right. that you know no one's been under. Right. Uh, you know, like you know, I've got you know, I'm under their crotch, and you know, I'm grinding my leg mm-hmm. on them, and they're doing this. same. Like, you, like, it's going out the window. So there's no need to be, uh, you know, discreet or play coy. Right. It's gone. You right. learn everything about this person, and now you take it to another level. You get into fight camps with these guys or train camps with these guys. You know, we've had some wars, some battles. You learn a lot about someone in a fight. You learn a lot about yourself in a fight.
1: Do that for ten years with someone. I'll even give you something even more shallow than that. Okay, I find that I'm I'm not a big huggy huggy kind of guy, but I find myself when I see my buds in BJJ. I tend to go for the hug. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, it's it's a very very real friendship. In so, that sense, you know. So w- I, I was at this wedding,
0: and I'm at the table with you know, uh, you know the Ocean County guys, and I've known these guys for years. But now people are like, "Oh yeah, you've been training them for so long. Of course mm-hmm. you're friends. You remember the first summer we were open? Yeah, we had been open for about seven months. I wanted started to... started in
1: December, and so this so that summer was about June, July. June 18th,
0: yeah. Alan Credella, right? Phenomenal, Alan Credella. Love him. Great wife, great family, great daughters. Beautiful stuff. Opens his house us to a opened yeah. his house up to us, <laughs> and we had a party at his house right. with like fifty people, and all the wives are like, "Have you guys known each other? <laughs> we all met six months ago. Exactly six months at the most. Six months ago. It's crazy." there's nothing like this and I tell people all the time when they're like ah, I'm just not, I don't know but listen you want to get in shape join the gym that's great you can do that headphones on by yourself mm-hmm. maybe you find another gorilla exactly. to be like hey bro can you spot me yeah. that's it mm-hmm. you know and then you talk about your weights and uh, my cousin who's he, uh, he he's really big into lifting he lives in California right now uh, he is making YouTube videos now. And he asked me for some advice on things, and I was like, "Man, you gotta like just talk a little bit more, be open." My favorite part of your video is when you were talking. Hmm. He's like, "Dude, you gotta understand. Like, we don't talk. Like, like this guy's like like one of my good friends, but we don't talk when we lift. We right. don't talk." And I'm like, "Man, you don't talk.
1: That sounds fucking boring. Like, yeah. I." need to talk I need to do it because there's not much there I mean (laughs) the thing with jujitsu is that it's not just a curriculum it's not just a learning process it's also as you said it's a physical activity and I'll even take it one step further because having I know you've studied a few other things as well when I studied my things I never created these I mean I love the guys that I did it with but I never created the kinds of friendships and that I, that I created in BJJ. It's really a pretty amazing uh, community. It, it's
0: amazing. And I think, you know, here's the thing. The people that come in here are, they all have the thing that they're looking for yep. on the surface. On the surface, they want to get in shape. On the surface, you know, they want to learn to defend themselves. On the surface, I wanted to try something new. You can do that with a million things there's something deeper in there that's what i'm getting at there's exactly. something deeper that brings them in and when you walk in and you find the right academy for you because listen everyone has a particular thing that they want you know like the people that train at 10th planet they're looking for a certain thing the people mm. that train at uh you know any other type of school like they're looking for a certain thing you find your tribe you find where you fit in all of a sudden the things that might have made you a little different a little quirky now you're in a room surrounded with people that all have Similar quirks That's they have the same thing that makes them a little different, and they're all spending their you know Tuesday evening in a padded room wearing pajamas, yeah right away yeah there's a bond there now you start to do the training, and now you go into something deeper. you have your instructor who's teaching you, but now your partner is teaching you. They're working yep. with you, they're making mm-hmm. you better. This person who you just met is like, no, 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 control my wrist, now bring your elbow in tighter, lift it, lift it, tap, 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 oh, good job. Yep. This person just sacrificed a limb. Yep. Like people say, like oh, I'd give my left arm for that guy. People literally do that on the Jiu Jitsu mats. Yeah.
1: Literally, we see it all the time. Is there something, uh, I, the reason I asked him to this, My wife will always ask me, the famous pookie, she will always ask me, what is it with these guys? I I mean, some of them are really weird. Some of them are really like, like about ready to go up in a tower and start shooting. That was in my other martial arts. With BJJ, they're different kind of guys. You get your crazy types. Yeah, but you, it's a different kind of a, a friendship that develops. And I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but that's what it is.
0: It's a different type. Of, sorry, I took a sip of my drink. Quite all right. I thought you had a couple more words. It's a different type of friendship. And here's the other thing about it. Everyone around you notices it. Yeah, Everyone sees it. And they'll ask you, like, how do you know him? How do you know him? It's like, I trained jujitsu with him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, really? And then you see it. And I'll, I'll tell you another thing. I noticed it when we were at the, the infamous chili cook-off that we absolutely I like. Dominated. Com- we dominated. We commandeered. We took over. We were pirates. We all showed up. And we were just like, yep, we vote for our guys.
1: Right.
0: We were all having the time of our life. Absolutely. Laughing, joking. I don't know if you did this, but I do because I'm very observant. I like to pay attention to my surroundings. Mm-hmm. I could notice the other men in the room. Mm-hmm. Right? not n- n- Because we were mostly all men at the time at the school. Sure. Um, you know, but with women, you would probably see it too. Probably even more now as we have more, more females training. But you could see it with the other men in the room. They were all like looking yeah and they're like almost like i want friends like that they're here with their wife and their neighbor right right we're having fun like we're members of a frat house <laughs> and we're from the ages of like 24 right. to 57 yep. Yep, yep. we've got you know guys wearing leopard print vans and then we've got like dads
1: you're talking about the famous will haars will haars
0: baby love that baby. will haars showed up Man, everything about him said Brooklyn on that day. <laughs> everything <laughs> yeah. about him—he had like I like pink Vans absolutely. and leopard print socks. <laughs> Paul and,
1: Stanley, kissed oh sneakers, man, animal yeah, eyes. He was absolutely. You know, he
0: had like a scarf on. Like he had the look. Absolutely. I was like, man, that is He's life a rock goals and roller, right? One hundred percent rock and roll. <laughs> life goals, right there. Because you know what, his age might be up there that's a fucking cool dude love man. that dude so cool.
1: love that dude his wife is this is a sweetheart, sweetheart. he's got two great kids the whole deal and, great kid. but kids she, train kids train oh, too okay. yeah they uh, train I don't know all I could tell you is this if anybody's even thinking of doing this sort of thing I uh, you know that's outside of the the BJJ community that's what the topic is tonight that's
0: our topic you
1: want to talk about it as an advertisement for BJJ that's fine you want to talk about it as, as you know us showering accolades on something we think is really cool it freaking is cool yeah and yeah. so towards that end it, it's just that's what we're going to talk about tonight and i just wanted to we always talk about it as a community as a tribe as it, it's been described in many ways what are your thoughts as far as the broader community we talked about the friendships that develop from it but what are your thoughts as far as the broader activity or let's say around the country even
0: Okay, so now we're getting about how... So you're talking about how all the little communities kind of come together and have an impact. Right. Well, here's the thing. You're starting to see it. it it's becoming more, uh, more and more preva- prevalent. Um, that's a good word. Yeah, it's a good word. You know, I almost said prevalent, but that's, I think that's a, a like depression medication. Um, but it's becoming more prevalent in all around the world because you're seeing celebrities start to do it. You're seeing uh, someone like Jocko uh, yeah. And Mitch Aguiar, you know, yeah. n- you know, Navy SEALs sure. doing it. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than just physical. Yeah. This truly has a mental impact on people. Right. Here's the thing. By the way, I say here's the thing a lot. Every time I listen to these podcasts, I'm like, <laughs> I need to stop saying here's the thing. I'm just gonna make a t-shirt that says here's the thing. So here's the thing. You go to the gym, you get on the treadmill and you're like, I'm just gonna run and clear my head. Every step, you're still thinking about stuff. Your 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 problems aren't going away. It might, you know, the endorphins might kick in. But when you train jujitsu and you're focusing on a technique, you're focusing on a move, right. you're not thinking about your deadline at work. Yeah. You're not thinking about the argument you just had with your wife or your kids. You're not thinking about that. All you can think about is if I don't learn this escape, I'm gonna keep getting caught in a triangle. So when you leave, now your mind's clear. You can look at things with new eyes. So when you have a large community of people doing that, that has a much greater impact on society. And I think that's why the sport's growing so much. It's not just because people want to learn how to choke each other. They're realizing the benefits it has beyond the physical. Right.
1: You know, it's interesting that you said because I've, I've so recently there was a meme that came out of a guy that says I walk the streets with no fear in me, you know, and you get half the comments saying, "Oh, you should have you know realistic attitudes about this," but then I think there was a bunch of people that really understood what he was getting at. It brings a physical peace to you because you feel like you can. You know, uh, defend yourself if need be, your family members if need be. A hundred percent. You're feeling like you're accomplishing something. And anytime you're taking yourself towards a goal, you feel fantastic in life. And let's freaking face it. I mean, if you're doing a physical activity where, you know, you're learning, I, I call them dance steps, but they're basically techniques. When you feel like you're really moving towards accomplishing things, I think that's a fantastic peace of mind device.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially because, you know, when you start training something like jiu-jitsu, and listen, it could be anything, all right? I don't want to make this like, oh, it's just strictly jiu-jitsu. I want more people to listen to this. But if you take on something new, at a certain age, we stop doing that. Right. We stop taking oh, on new so things. So true. And, you know, we, we get very comfortable with our job. We get very comfortable with our home life. We get very comfortable with the things we do every single day. And that's when you run into the, you know, Living for Friday, you're living to get through the week just to get to Friday so you can have Ooh, the weekend. Right, because you get stuck in this rat race yeah. of just doing the same thing That's every true. day.
1: Were you ever in that, uh like, with your job and everything? I mean, you always oh, had with- jujitsu with you, but I was wondering if you ever felt that way with your. hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So interesting story. Um, I was on the train one day and I. My wife was pregnant. Stephanie was pregnant with Benny, and you know, I'm I'm a real big believer in that. You know, I have a lot of faith. I believe in God. I you know I I believe in Jesus Christ. Um, I believe in angels, and I believe that sometimes you know you know the universe or God speaks to us in one way or another when we really need it. I absolutely agree. I'm on the train, and Steph was pregnant with Benny, and at the time. Uh, I was when she was pregnant with Benny, she loved me. When she was pregnant with Juliana, I was not allowed to like look at her, touch her. She woke me up one night in the middle of the night. I could like feel something like in front of me, and I opened my eyes, and she's right in front of my face, oh, like two inches in front of my face, and crazy. she's like, "Why do you breathe so loud?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry. Was, was I snoring?" She's like, "No, not snoring. Just breathing." <laughs> I'm like I-, I don't know what one She goes, stop breathing that loud.
1: Right. So with
0: Juliana, and now my daughter is an animal. So yeah. I, I think there was something to it. But with Benny, I was the funniest. I could do whatever I wanted. She loved me. That's why I couldn't wait for her to get pregnant again, so I could you know be loved at the house again, be her favorite person. <laughs> wow. Backfired. So <laughs> I'm really I really love David Bowie. Really into Bowie. Dude, too So I used to sing a lot of David Bowie to the belly when steph was pregnant uh so i'm in the train one day and i'm just like i'm in a rut i'm not training and i had all these hopes to like open up a school and you know be a professional competitor and you know you know at one point i wanted to like really do the mma and i'm on the train and I'm having this like sad moment of acceptance
1: Wow. where I'm okay. just
0: like, and I'm in the vestibule. I'm by myself and I'm just like looking at the window and I'm just like thinking to myself as we're pulling into Newark Penn. I'm like, man, like this is, this is what I'm doing. I was like, this is, I, I work. This is my life. I was like, everything This is before the school. This is before the school. All right, so Benny was not born yet. Okay. Benny was not born yet. Okay. Uh, I'm like, everything I did, everything I worked, all the training sessions, it, it didn't really get me to anything. I'm just here on the train. And then I'm like, you know what? It, it's not a bad life. I can provide for my family. Right, right. I'm doing well for myself. But like something in me was just sad. Cause it's like, man, like nothing. Like I'm not doing anything physical with my life. Yeah. I'm like all that. Like, like it just took me nowhere. Hmm. As I'm thinking that, I'm literally thinking like all these experiences took me nowhere. This gentleman walks into the vestibule. Now, I just worked that car. And now I work as a conductor for New Jersey Transit. I'm currently in the train department teaching people how to be conductors. By the time I was a conductor, I had just collected all the tickets on that in that car. Right. And I, I believe the car ahead of it. I, that's what I was working. And this gentleman walks in and he's wearing a shiny silver suit. With a white shirt and a shiny silver tie.
1: Wow, I gotta get that picture in my head. All right. Okay.
0: And it's an older black gentleman. So imagine this like dark complexion with this shiny silver suit. Wow. In the middle of the day, I did not collect his ticket. I would have remembered. No, he wearing gentleman. a
1: red hat with a boa feather
0: in it. He and was wearing a silver hat. <laughs> nice. He was in full uniform. Like, oh, wow. like, he looked like he was going to perform with the Motown group. Wow, he looked phenomenal. He's one of the Temptations. Gotcha. Of the, I was thinking Temptations or <laughs> Tops. Don't I don't know about. The, I've never. I don't know if I heard the Tops. I know the Temptations. I'm. I'm not there yet. I'm only thirty six. It's the same
1: old oh, song.
0: Thing. Good song. Is that the Tops?
1: That's Four Tops.
0: Okay. See, I do know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Roy. <laughs> I'm sorry, go. you're derailing this train. So <laughs> <Nice> <laughs> we, pun. <laughs> we do a lot more. Right there? I saw. We, we need to do more singing on this podcast. So. He comes in the vestibule, and you know, I, I truly believe that when you're at work, when you're on the mats, you know, you're you're performing. All right. When I'm teaching okay. class like that is a performance. The students, I'm not gonna say they don't care, but I owe it to you to check everything going on in my life and give you the best possible class. Right. When I was working on the trains, or even now teaching a class, it doesn't matter what's going on with my life. I owe it to you to give you this performance. I have to be a conductor. Right. I have to be your instructor. That's called being a professional. Absolutely. So the gentleman walks in the vestibule, and he kind of like smiles at me. He's like, how are you today, young man? I looked at him. I was like, I'm doing pretty well, sir. How are you? He's like, oh, I'm just fine, just fine." fine. And he's just standing there, you know, and we're pulling into Newark Penn. I look at him. I was like, Newark? He's like, this is my stop. And I was like, awesome. I was like, we're about to pull in right now, sir. We pull in. Doors open. I step off. As he's walking off, he walks in front of me, and he goes, don't let them hear you say life's taking you nowhere. Oh, wow. And like, even when I tell this story, like I get chills. Wow. Was... And I, in my head, I'm like, who, who the fuck is this guy? So now I'm like frozen because it's like he just heard my thoughts and he starts singing a song by the guy I've been singing every night for the wow. last like six months. And I like turn around and look back at him and he literally looks at me and tips his hat.
1: Holy shit.
0: And I was like, what
1: the fuck was that? No, if he would have said, rebel, rebel, your face is a mess, I would have been like completely blind. (laughs) But, But
0: he said, now, funny thing is after that line, the next word in the song is angel. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe it was just a random dude from Newark or maybe someone was trying to tell me something more. But yes, to answer your question, in a very long route, yeah. I did feel like I got to that point in my life. And even though I was working with people every day and right. seeing the same conductors every day, it wasn't the same feeling as training with my brothers and sisters on the map. Oh, that's a definite. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'll tell you this. You know, when we do talk about tribes, when we do talk about community, kind of, you know, moving the conversation back to the beginning thought is there is a commonality of the people that are doing this. And when you see people walking through, like I'm looking right here at a person that just signed his paperwork. Uh, there, something is in him that's somewhat in common with what he is seeing on the mat, or he wants to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that? When you see a person that's just signing, you know, their, uh, their paperwork here to join the class, do you see a particular commonality yeah there's
0: always something there and here's the thing not everyone's gonna make it that's the unfortunate yeah. truth yeah. uh i think it used to be three percent now it's down to two percent two percent of people that train jujitsu actually make it to black belt
1: really
0: that's a low a number. low number <laughs> i also think it's, it's because so many more number. people are starting to train that the that failure be, yeah. rate becomes higher as well okay um so you can see that they want something I could mm. always see it. Right. And then it just becomes a matter of, is this the right path for them? Is this the right route for them? And it might not be. It might not be. But I do see everyone, it, they're looking for something. Yeah. And they'll say, like, I really want to get in shape. And in my head, I'm like, I don't think that's what it is. There's something in you that you're you're looking to satisfy. Right. That's what There's I'm, a I void get you want to fill. Yeah, And sometimes you don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. But when you start training... Or you take up something new, or you put yourself out there,
1: you can figure it out what it is. That's an interesting point. Maybe that's the commonality. You're putting yourself out there. You know you're going to learn techniques. You know you're going to get tougher. You know you know you're going to you know kind of aspire to be the badass. But there's an interesting point as far as your personality type. You know. Oh, it takes
0: a very First of all, just to walk in through those doors Mm -hmm. for the very first time, that's terrifying. Yeah. That is terrifying because you're literally walking into the lion's den and it doesn't matter how new you are. In your mind, when you're watching that first class, you're like, everyone's so good. Everyone, because you don't know what you're looking at. I'm looking, I'm like, these are, they're all terrible. These are, this is our basic class. It's four, one stripe white belts. I'm just making sure nobody hurts themselves. Right, right, right. But you don't know that. You just know that everyone's moving and going for moves and you don't know what you're doing. And it's funny because on my end, I hear it all the time. When people wanna sign up, one of the first things they say is, now I've never trained before, is that okay? <laughs> I've never done this right. before, is that okay? And you know what I tell everyone? I'm like, 95% of my students yeah. have never done this before until they started training
1: with me. Yeah, And they're all shocked. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. I think when people walk in the door, there's a few things that goes through their head. I mean, I, I, I'll equate it to high school. When, when you're in high school and you remember a fight breaking out, and they they would form that perfect circle around the two guys beating the crap out of each other. I always tried to break up the fights. I was, Roy, I was say, a peacemaker. I, 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 I was <laughs> I was usually taking bets. But <laughs> I never broke it up. I couldn't wait to watch. <laughs> That's the point. I mean, you're outside watching the fight and you're really kind of enjoying it. And, but you're also saying to yourself, God, I'm really happy I'm not in there because I've been in a couple of those situ- situations where I was in the middle. It was just me and this other guy and, and there was a, a circle of people. I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And then you land, you know, you get well, into I it. I got to
0: be honest. I think I
1: always wanted to be in there. You wanted to be in the fight. Yeah. I'd always okay. be
0: pissed if I didn't like know one of the guys or like, like okay. I think that's why sometimes I broke up fights just because it kind of got me in there and I secretly hope. Oh, you
1: wanted to be this. Uh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just kind of wanted to, you know, throw it in there. Something to do. And it's not because I'm a violent
1: person. That's just But I think that's what happens when people walk through the door here. They they see a physical thing that they know yeah. is gonna happen. They they think that maybe there's gonna be something that goes down here. Yeah. So there's that little pit in your stomach that's pulling on your stomach. And like they're they're choosing to jump in. That's it. They're yeah. They're choosing to jump.
0: It's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. But Uh, once you start getting in and you you, start doing it, you realize this is so much more than just it's an art form. What I saw. Oh yeah. And then you have the, you know, the the instructors telling jokes Mm -hmm. and you have the guys messing around. Then you have like the, you know, the females in class are usually the most violent ones. They're just attacking (laughs) each other. It's wild. It's, I love when the girls go at it. I'm like, what is going on over there? They just beat each other up it's just like what what did i sign up and when you leave here how many times do you see someone leave here upset or frowning i don't
1: you don't i i see frustration i should have been able to do this or that yes. but i never see everybody's got that sort of like sort of happy factor when they walk out the door right you know
0: perfect example justin left here tonight very right. happy in a great mood Right. justin's also pissed cuz i'm trying to get him to do deep and okay. he's like I'm trying to learn so many things and you're adding something new. And I'm like, Justin, just have fun with it. Yeah. But that's very different from leaving and just well, he being able to succeed. wants to
1: succeed. I, mean, I, I he wants I know I know that type I of think that. Will. I know that type of mentality. He's a great kid, and he really, really wants to. I said, excel. I think
0: he will. I'm going to rephrase that. I know he will. Yeah. He has all the tools to really succeed, and a lot of people do. You know, you you start and let's go back to that. I mm-hmm. want to talk about that too. Sure. You come in, You want to learn how to get in shape. You want to learn how to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. But now through training, not only do you make great friends, we're going to make a little pivot. How much do you learn about yourself? Oh, wow. What talents or skills did you not know you had that all of a sudden start being exposed?
1: What an enormous topic. Absolutely. In terms of personal development and individual development. I mean, it just provides so many avenues of development. Because I'll give you the first phase of de- development that I see. I was, I was rolling with uh, uh, Gavin tonight. Great kid. Like, I think he's been in it at a month. He's been here about a month. Yeah. And strong, you know, that, that kind of thing. But he's realizing that it's just so much there. But if he just takes baby steps and he smiles when he learns that baby step... It was just great hanging out with a kid like that. Yeah,
0: and and, you know, it's funny because when people first start, uh, I love this question. How long until you start getting good? I'm like, I've been doing this 15 (laughs) years. I'm still trying to get good at this. I'm still trying to be like, okay, at this. But there's levels to it. And you have to understand that it's like anything else in life. It it never ends. You're constantly learning. Does your
1: personality change as you get better at it? I want to say...
0: Yes and no. I think sometimes it exposes a little bit more about yourself. Uh, I think everyone, and here's the thing, you go through phases, right? Mm -hmm. When you're a white belt, you're just trying to survive. You're a blue belt. Now you're starting to learn some things.
1: Well, you have that humility as a white belt, or you better get that humility as a
0: white belt. I feel like white belts are like the the youngest sibling who's like, one day
1: I'm gonna be big, (laughs) and you're all. We always talk about Gordon saying that.
0: Oh yeah, Gordon was the (laughs) best. So, when Gordon was a white belt, early blue belt, we all knew we're talking about Gordon Ryan, the king, King Ryan, uh, the self-proclaimed king. By the way, he gave himself that nickname. So he, I, we all knew he had potential to do something great. Not just good, but truly great. There was something already different. And people ask me, what was it? What was it? I can't explain it. it. There was just something about him that was different. Mm. And I remember myself and Don Odgers one night, black belt, Don Odgers, Gary's one of Gary's black belts.
1: One of the more cerebral. Guys. Oh,
0: he's so smart. I mean, and he breaks the techniques oh, yeah. down so well. And he's, I, I love Don yeah. Don, I haven't seen Don in maybe like two years. Yeah. I'll see him and it'll be like, we never skipped a beat. Like that's great. You, again, dude, I loved are, when he The bonds you bit. develop on the yeah, mat. Absolutely. So we like just took turns back to back rounds. You know, I went with Gordon. He was like 15, 16 at the time. I beat him up for a little bit. And then Don beat him up for a little bit. And Gordon stood up in the middle of like a round. And he's like, Get it in now, boys, because once I get good, you're all fucked. And Don and I were laughing our asses off, in part because we knew he was telling the truth. And we knew they're like, hey, until that day happens, we're going to get it in. And now it's just yeah, I mean, it's not off even, the charts. It's not even fun. He's the king of all. It's not even fun. Listen, the last time he was here training... He just kept passing my guard side to side. He was doing his, you know, his, little, his, his new passing that he's doing. And I'm talking about like, it's a six-minute round. And he's just going one side. I got a shrimp to recover. Then he just cuts to the other side. I'm trimming. I'm doing this for five minutes. And he looks down and he goes, yup, your abs are going to be sore tomorrow. And in my head I was like, I can't breathe anymore. And I was so mad. But I refused to stop because I wasn't going to give him that. I was like, I'll just die Right. And cramp up all day tomorrow, right. but tonight, like I'm just going to recover as many times as I can. Nice. While you just go from side to side, he literally yeah. played with me, like when you dangle a string in front of a cat right. and the cat keeps pawing like a laser, and just that's what he was doing. I saw him doing that on a video with George St Pierre.
1: He was doing the same thing.
0: Well, that's why I love watching <laughs> his uh, his DVD, my my evolution, my evolution, your revolution. Yeah, because he's doing this in ADCC, and he's like he's calling out big name guys like. What he should have done is this, but he doesn't, cause he sucks. And I'm like, how did you, <laughs> like, how did you get? I'm not gonna say who he was talking about because, right. I, like, I'm not gonna put it on the person <laughs> that way. But Gordon can say it. Yeah. But it's just like, man, like he's doing this to everyone. Yeah. To
1: everyone, I'm not gonna feel that bad about it. No. But um, I mean, you got to the X level with him, but he had that that sort of sort of look in the eye at as a white belt 15 year old. And that's what I'm getting at. You know, some of these guys just realize they know they got to be the nail. I know we bring that up a lot, but you gotta bring that humility factor into your personality. Listen. And I mean, we're talking about Gordon. This is hands
0: down, probably the, the greatest no gi grappler of all time. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, listen, these are my friends. I'm not trying to name drop, but these are, these are my friends. Gary Tonin was the same way. Mm. These guys worked hard. And they had no problem getting beat up, working bad positions. Gary will literally put himself in a fully locked armbar to start around and get it ripped five times. Yeah. And then someone can be like, Yeah, I armbared Gary Tonin. Did you? Or did you just make his armbar defense that much better? Because now when he's in a match and he gets in a fully locked arm bar, it's not the first time he's been there. It's comfortable. He's comfortable.
1: Comfortable being uncomfortable. That's an interesting point because, like we were, like we talked about with the white belts, I think a couple of podcasts ago, that is a really important thing to get comfortable with, you know. So, if you talk about the community as a commonality, I think one of the commonalities within the community is people have that humility because they've been, you know. Right, you've been, you've been there been under and, pressure,
0: and this goes back to your original question, which was, "Does your personality change?" Yeah, I think at white belt, you know, you're you're getting beat up. You're the nail. Nothing's going your way. Then you get to blue belt. You start putting things together a little right. bit. You know, now you start feeding on the white belts, and then you get to purple belt. And when you get to purple belt, now you've gone through the phase where, as a blue belt, you got to kind of taste success against other blue belts and other and white belts and now you get to purple belt and you know just just prying on the younger belts it doesn't mean as much as it used to right. you want them to get better you want to work your techniques you want to get really clean because now at purple belt you want to start being able to use this on brown belts and black belts right you want to start you want to start seeing that progression instead of just looking down now you're looking up you're Ooh. looking at the top of the mountain now and when
1: you pull off a move against one of these upper belts has a
0: purple it feels great feels freaking great and then you know what happens that brown belt all of a sudden doesn't give it to you anymore and you realize like oh they just they just took the little knob right 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 clicked (laughs) it up a little bit they're like good job and you're like yeah i'm right there and then you're like no No, i'm not not." no i'm not and you know when else that happens when you get your black belt you get your black belt and you're like yes i've arrived Uh and then all your black belt teammates and instructors that you've been training with that you thought you were catching up to, right? Beat your ass. And it's like, can you please take this belt back? I would like to go back to purple with three stripes. I feel like that's where I belong. And yeah. it, it learns. And at black belt, you really, it really excels uh, your development because now there are no small rounds, there are no easy rounds. Mm. Every black belt is now going to go hard with you because you're a black belt I don't care if you know I got five stripes and you've got none you're a black belt someone said that you're a black belt gave you that belt we're going it's a fair game and then everyone under you is trying to attack you Mm -hmm. all the purple belts want to pull off a move all the brown belts want to submit you or at the very least be like I didn't get swept by the black belt I didn't get submitted by the black belt but you learn a lot about yourself and you know you when you have those tough rounds guess what else you're doing you're developing those bonds with those you're people. That,
1: yeah, absolutely. You know? I thought I, you were going to say you're building like scar tissue in terms of you know the way you're able to handle life. But yeah, I mean, if you want to go the other direction, you're say building, those, you're bonds, building those bonds. You start
0: man. realizing you the thing. people you're you're in that in the trenches with. It's different.
1: You know, I absolutely. I, I guess like when I asked, "Do you get different stages of personal development?" I guess that's what I was thinking. So, so from bottom to top. If you were to say, you know, real quick, white belt, blue, purple on up, is there a particular personality that does well in each belt?
0: So I don't think so. I think everyone's personality is going to bring something different. I think if you're so perfect example, you take someone like Justin, someone like Joe Dockery, uh, you know, very methodical, someone like a like a Don Rogers, very methodical, very cerebral. They break things down. They learn the technique step by step by step by step. Right, right, right. That person's going to excel. I'm not like that. That's not my style. I watch, I pay attention, and I mix it up. I see what works. I see how my body feels. I go with more of a flow. Sure. Yeah. But I excel. Then you have the people who are, you know, free spirits they're very artistic off the mats you know they like to paint they like to you know do things with clay and stuff like that right. and when they're on the mats they roll that way they're that's trying not, to create kind of things they're trying to open yeah well you're a musician yeah. so you have that part of your brain that's working that's creating so now when you're on the mats you're trying to create stuff you're yeah. trying to do things that Maybe this technique was there and that technique was there, and you start mixing them together and be like, "Let's see what happens."
1: Right. Let's see if this choke works. Let's see if, you know if I can so, get my hands. Done.
0: Of course. So all different types of personalities are going to, you know, progress and succeed. And what's even better about that is now because you're training, right? If you see, you know, it, when we put on our our regular everyday clothes and we right. walk around society, we can look at people. And start making assumptions about their personality. Yeah. And decide, like, that's not my cup of tea. That's the kind of person I like to hang out with. Now you you eliminate that. You put on a Rash Garden shorts or you put on a gi. All of a sudden, that person that you wouldn't talk to outside of here, because, you know, they got that real artsy vibe. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. You're talking to that person here. Because you're like, how are you finding that move? How are you getting there? And they're right. like, man, you got to just kind of feel it. You got to just start putting things together. Have fun with it. You're learning from that person. You're learning from different mindsets. So now it's the end of the class. And you're talking about techniques. And you're learning. But then guess what? You start talking about life. Yeah. And Now this person that you would have probably never talked to at Starbucks. right? You're starting to hear their philosophies on life. And you're starting to listen. Because you respect their jujitsu, so now like maybe they know something about life, and that's always been my biggest thing. This is what I've told you several times. I'm a black belt on the mats, right? But I like talking to you. I like talking to guys like Tim O'Brien and Chris Balding and Will Harris. You know why? Because you guys have experience I don't have in life. So would I strike up a conversation with you at Starbucks? Probably not. I'd be like, "Who's this like old dude in pink shorts?" just Came from the Bahamas, but here are you talking I, about me? I'm okay. talking about you <laughs> singing Phil Collins at the Starbucks, you know, I can I'm you in a sound, singing mood. You sound like <laughs> Phil Collins when you sing, it's incredible. Uh,
1: you know, if I were to compare the uh, the uh, kind of the two things, let's say music and BJJ, yeah, there, there's some comparison, but I just think this is so much deeper because there is no physical element in music well, well there is and you're right you're they're, 100% they're, right you know that's one of the reasons why I'm so damn proud of what I do with BJJ and I know you feel the same way I mean aside from the you know the accomplishment of getting to Black Belt I know you just love the the whole expression of it which is part of the community as, as we always talk about
0: I, I do and I love everything about it Yeah, I really do like when I walk and here's the thing too uh, there's a reason why my school let me rephrase it. There's a reason why our school looks the way it looks. Mm-hmm. All right. It's meant to be welcoming. It's meant to feel comforting, you know. There's a reason why I don't have the black and the red. And you know, it, it gives off a certain vibe. Right. I wanted to create an academy that was open for everyone. Right. That's why we have the hardwood floors and the blue mats. And it looks like you're walking into someone's house.
1: Yeah. And I it mean, should feel like that. Yeah.
0: It should feel like you're walking into a house. At least for what I'm trying to accomplish. Uh but I love doing this, man. And I really, truly feel... I said this last night, too, at the end of class. Uh, I feel like my jiu-jitsu is a, is a representation of the way I also live my life.
1: Wow. It, explain it, that, yeah.
0: So I like to play D-Path. Okay. All right. Now, in order to play D-Path, it's a position where you have to really engage with the person. You have to really get in tight you have to uh, accept a little bit of abuse on top because they're going to post on their face, they're going to cry, and you're on bottom. You're doing all this from a bottom position, only controlling the person's one leg with yours, and you're trying to underhook their legs. You're trying to accomplish a lot, and you're using the person's aggression and strength and force against them. But to put it against them, you have to accept it you have to be willing to suffer a little bit. Yeah. And I mentioned this last night. I feel like you know, if you listen to the first episode, I talk about, you know, the things that I've gone through, get a little bit, lose a little bit, get a little bit, lose right. a little bit.
1: One step forward, one step back.
0: I embrace that grind. Yeah. I embr- I want to fight for it because so I don't I, think
1: the average person does that.
0: Some people don't do that in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Some people like some people will look at me like, I don't want to play D path. I want to play an open guard, put my feet here and do this and right. do that. And maybe it doesn't necessarily correlate with who you are as a person, what's going on inside, but there's something in the way that you play the game that has to do with you. Because at the end of the day, it's a martial art. And art is an expression of self. So whether you want to admit it or not, the way you play this game is an expression of you. That's cool. That's a cool thought. Gordon Ryan writing a triangle on an index card and giving it to the to the commentators as a prediction for his match. Right, right. right. That's that's part of who he is. Hmm. That's his mentality. That's his mindset of I'm so much better than everyone that I'm gonna call my shot.
1: I, I even take it a little different direction because I've got a few uh, DVDs at home and you actually learn uh, deep half from Braulio which was a really I mean a pretty cool call out right right there I, uh, I did
0: I was very fortunate that uh, But he
1: just he just has a great personality I, I mean it's very overflowing when he talks and he teaches he has a he has a really really sort of Enthusiastic way about him
0: Yeah, and, you know and again it, some I've, guys are low-key, but he's some guys are very low-key. He's very in there uh, I'm very spoiled in my jiu-jitsu mm. uh, lineage um, I got to train with a lot of people that man, like I shouldn't have been in a room with, but I was, so I'm going to take advantage of it. Sure. And I got to train with a lot of these guys and I got to see, you know, Braulio going over D path and going over, you know, inverted triangles. And you know, man, I, I remember one time I asked Hadra Gracie, this is a horrible story, but I'm going to share it. I kept getting and I was a blue belt. I should have never even like looked at him. <laughs> like I should have just left him alone, but I'm like, I'm like, Professor Hodger, can you help me with this? Cause I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, like that's like you grabbing like Michael Jordan. like, hey, can you take a look at my layup? It's like yeah, you're exactly. wasting my time right now. And I'm like, hey, I keep I keep losing mount. And he looks at me and he goes, Okay, take the mount. And I get on top of someone. Mm-hmm. He goes, Okay, show me what you do. And I do it. And he goes, Okay, relax. And he literally just grabbed my hand. And moved it right. like 45 degrees to the right. Right. And he goes, okay, now hold it. And the person didn't sweat me. And I looked at him and I was like, I'm never going to ask you a question again. <laughs> I'm so sorry I wasted your time with this stupid question. Yeah. But I was able to take advantage of that. And I was yeah. able to benefit from it. And then, you know...
1: By the way, do you have a Hodger impression? No, I <laughs> don't. I don't have <laughs> a Hodger impression. Because is, your Gordon is right on the money.
0: I've also spent countless hours with Gordon. Um, like even Tom Like I don't really have A Tom impression either His is kind of hard <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. He's not really He's not a caveman But it's like uh. It depends what mood he's in It depends what mood he's in But uh, <laughs> Well your your, uh, your Brazilian accent Is, is fantastic <laughs> Oh man I love it It all depends You know I'll tell you right now There's uh, <laughs> Some guys are really good With the Brazilian accent And they'll tell you Like where it's from okay. Like they'll give you The region oh, the re- Based okay, on, the, right. on the On the uh, On okay. the On the dialect uh, I'm not that good you know, and my Gary impression is the same as Gordon. Gordon is just, the Gary impression is just like Gordon, but someone who's like a little bit smarter. Right. Like Gordon talks like this. Gary's like this. Right. Just kind of talks like Gordon, but a little bit like.
1: Got that jersey,
0: uh, yeah, kind of thing. you know. Right. Yeah, man. It's jujitsu. Yeah, it's jujitsu. Yeah, it's jujitsu. Yeah, that's, you know, that's Gary and Gordon. Uh, you know, but, uh, so I used to do, man. I love this guy. May rest in peace, Big Gord. I used to do a Big Gord impression all so the time. This Gordon's dad. Gordon's dad, right. Big Gord, Big G. Uh, I had I had a banana cream, uh, Chobani yogurt the other day, and I took okay. a picture of it. And I sent it to Gordon. I was like, "This one's for Big Gord, bro." He like likes that like, stuff. I love that guy. He he loved him. He passed away uh, last year. Uh, he was. I really enjoyed him as a human being. He just that guy didn't give a shit who was around. He mm-hmm. was himself twenty four hours a day. But uh,
1: he must have been pretty damn proud of his kids.
0: Oh, yeah, man. He used to like tell people, like, he's like, I make champions, my sperm makes champions. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so, but that was him. So, I remember I would like when Benny was first born, I would like oh, read him God. kids' stories and I would record myself reading kids' stories in like the big gourd voice and like right. send it to like Gordon. <laughs> and, like, que- I will not eat queen eggs and ham. Who, if your fucking eggs and ham is queen, there's a fucking problem. Who's eating this shit? It's, that it's was not
1: like Joe Pesci.
0: That was Big Gord, man. Big, and he was just oh, man. That guy loved life. Did he? Loved life. Great human being. But that goes into the other thing. He yeah. never trained. No. But I trained with his son. Yeah. You know, I was fortunate enough to coach his son and why be able to. Uh,
1: why didn't his dad uh, train?
0: He was just an older guy. He had a lot of injuries too. Okay. Like his body was pretty beat up. Right. Um, and he just he loved watching his kids train and support. That's but by coaching his kids. I got to meet him, and yeah. I got to build a relationship with him, and you know I got to build a relationship with Tom's dad, who yeah, away unfortunately so. also passed yeah. away. But he was an incredible human being, you yeah. know, and I, and I and you build relationships with your teammates, uh, you know, kids and spouses yeah. and relatives. You start to develop these bonds, mm-hmm. and it's a mutual respect because they understand how important you are right. to their loved one.
1: It's because so of what true. we do on the mats. So true. So true. And, and you're there at all these important moments in their lives. And you know, yes. this and that.
0: yes. Yes. And cool. they're at their, your important moments. Like I had at my wedding, I had Gordon, Gary, right. Tom, you know, Gordon caught the garter at my wedding. <laughs> he was 17 years old. Um, You know, my, my daughter's baptism, you know, Carlos was there, Gary mm-hmm. was there, right. and like I'm always like, hey guys, like you know, thanks for coming. I'm sorry I invited you to this thing. They're like, <laughs> nah, man, it's good. Yeah, you know, they got a mimosa station. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll give you a funny story. It's like we're planning our uh, we we're having 35th wedding anniversary and we're going to have a party in in January. We're going to renew the vows, the whole thing. And I'm thinking of who to invite, and it's like. <laughs> a decent amount, let's call it almost two thirds of BJJ guys yeah. <laughs> it's because I feel so st- strongly about my relationships with them. You know, I got a bunch of musician types coming, but uh, I'm really, but here's the funny thing. I go to, I go to Pookie. I said, who are you inviting? She's like, well, I like your BJJ guys too. So I want to kind of horn in on those relationships. Yeah. It's, it
0: becomes tough on the spouses. So to, to go on that note, s- When I, Steph planned a surprise 30th birthday party for me, which was six years ago, I can't believe it. Listen, I was watching Varsity Blues last night. Okay. It was the final scene, final scene. And Steph is talking to me about something important. And I'm like, babe, I don't mean to be rude. I need you to be quiet right now. Because Jonathan Moxon is about to get me fucking amped. And I'm going to run through a wall. Let's play the next 24 minutes for the next 24 right. minutes. Yeah, let's go out there and play like
1: gods for the oh, next yeah.
0: half. Oh, let's fucking go, bro! <laughs> the hair
1: on the back of the next stands Oh, up. I'm ready. Absolutely. And then that
0: movie ended. I changed the channel, and it was the final scene of Eight Mile, where oh, I know you don't like Eminem, but B Rabbit, B Rabbit just killed it. And I was yeah. like, I told Steph, I was like, I'm gonna be up all night now. Yeah. I'm fired up. I had to run around. I the call block those and shit. I call
1: those moments in movies superhero moments. The, it's like, oh, you don't see those kind of like, like, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the Superman uh, movie where he catches the plane on the baseball field. Yes. I yeah, mean, That's a superhero, superhero moment. moment. And he man, gets man, right man. on the plane. Yeah. And he goes, now just remember everybody, you know, air, air flight is still
0: the safest way you can go. Well, my 30th birthday was six years ago. I'm watching Varsity Blues. Right. I'm like, man, when did this movie come out? <laughs> 1999. Oh, yeah. That movie came out 22 years ago. That was oh, was Vanderbeek? Like
1: Vanderbeek. Yeah. yeah.
0: Jonathan right. Moxon. Okay. And Paul Walker was in that too. All oh, right. Okay. You know what's funny? Paul Walker's character like destroys his knee, and that's the end of his career. And his dad's all like, "But the the scholarship to Florida State." I'm telling <laughs> Steph, I'm like, you know, if he did that today, that kid would be playing next year, no doubt. Yeah. They'd redshirt him, and he'd be good to go in two years. Like yeah. that's how far. I to- oh, man, but that's twenty two years ago. Yeah. But Steph's throwing my surprise thirtieth birthday, mm-hmm. and when we're done, you know, I'm like, babe, this was great. She really got me too. She's like. Do you know how hard it was to make your list? I'm like, why? She goes, I wanted to invite so many of your friends, right. but I had 50 jujitsu people. <laughs> She's like, I had to cut people out so that I could invite your family. Right. I was like, you probably just should have invited my jujitsu <laughs> or had two parties. You know, like I'm like, because like, you know, my mom's gonna tell everyone about the year I was born, and nobody knew she was pregnant and she was 17. My birthday is Mary Lou's time to shine. My mom's name is Mary Lou. Oh, like beautiful. my birthday is like, you know, at, from like 6 p.m. to 7:30, we just stop celebrating my birth and give Mary Lou the spotlight <laughs> so she can tell everyone about that phenomenal day in her life where she gave birth. That to was me. the big day
1: for her. I mean, Oh I, my
0: god, I hear about it every duh. year. And really like know. it's funny like when new people come around and they're like, "Oh my god, this is a fascinating story." I'm like, it's not. I'm like, do you want me to tell you the story? I'll reenact it for you. I told everyone it was appendicitis. And lo and behold, it was a six pound, 10 ounce appendicitis. I'm like, oh God, Mary Lou. I get like smaller and smaller every year too. Oh, yeah. yeah, I get smaller and smaller. But the delivery
1: gets worse and worse. But, but my mom never says my birth story ever. Oh man. By the way, my mom sounds like the nanny. So Really? It, yeah. She's got
0: that Fran Drescher thing going?
1: Roy, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? What what this you wanna roll around with people and get hurt? Is I love that, that you're, you're I
0: love that you're like almost sixty and you're paying towards AARP and thinking uh, about retirement and your mom's asking you, What are you doing with your life?
1: She's, not, she's like, Why do you want to hurt yourself? You gotta put time? on your pajamas yeah. and start <laughs> choking like, each other. Why do you do this? To you're yourself? a
0: masochist, Roy. You're a masochist.
1: And then her boyfriend, who I I love, he's a great guy. He's like, he has one of these kind of voices. He's like, What are you doing that crap for? You so stupid are you gonna get hurt one of these days and this
0: and that oh he's like a bookie from like new york he's got he's He's from the bronx he's collecting ac all right that's collecting yeah that's amazing but (laughs) but now look at this so like we we met training jujitsu rolling around every night Mm -hmm. now we're doing a podcast we talk (laughs) about each other's like we talk about our spouses about our parents like how many people would you have these conversations
1: with at work that's the point you you create a much deeper kind of thing. Yeah. You know, listen, I've had friends from work and and this and that, but there was always that sort of limitation unless I invited them into my life or they invited me into their life. This, it's almost like you're thrown into these relationships and it becomes, I hate to use this word, uh, intimate, but it becomes a very sort of much closer experience. It, it really does. And it happens so much faster. Yeah. Listen, I've got people that I
0: work with who I, I've known for eight years mm-hmm. and incredible people. Love them to death. I, I haven't really invited them to my house yet. I haven't really been to yeah. their house. There's like a limitation. Like you clock out and you're like, see you later, Steve. <laughs> but then there's the people here where it's like, you know, you finish a class, it's 8 30 and you're like, you guys want to go get something to eat? Yeah. And it's like, Absolutely. sure, let's go. Because you want it to keep going because... That filter's been removed. Mm-hmm. It's gone. There is no getting to know you. I just spent an hour with you sweating on top of me. Right, right, right. right. I know, like, I know what your balls smell like.
1: There's no <laughs> secrets at this point. That's what I mean by being intimate. <laughs> it's,
0: there's listen, let's not sugarcoat it. Right. <laughs> you get mounted triangle.
1: There's balls. There's man. balls
0: in your face. Absolutely. I dude, I remember I tapped one time to a mounted triangle. Uh-huh. Uh, this was back in the day when George St. Pierre made wearing like the Under Armour shorts popular. Yep, yep. Well, before they started making like, you know, a lot of companies were making Valley Tudo shorts. A lot of guys were just wearing Under Armour underwear. And one person mounted triangle me in just the Under Armour underwear. What's that brand
1: you love? Huh? What's that brand you love? Thigh Huggers. Thigh Huggers, baby.
0: Shout out to Thigh (laughs) Huggers. Skies out, thighs out. I love them. Four, (laughs) five inch bangers. Nice. I got Tom wearing those things. He loves them. Dude, I wear those thigh huggers What's all the time. What's his
1: go-to design? I'm curious. Hmm? What's his go-to design?
0: The thigh hugger guy or Tom?
1: No, Tom's.
0: Oh, dude, he's got all types of designs. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got like the camouflage ones. He's right, got, right, I got I got him you. the uh, the fuck covid ones. Yeah. Uh, I really like my go-to is the is the bright pink tiger stripe ones. Yeah. I got matching sunglasses for those too. <laughs> I wore those in Costa Rica with Tom and like I, I show up to lunch and I'm wearing the tiger stripe thigh huggers. And I'm wearing the tiger stripe pit viper sunglasses from the '80s, mm-hmm. and Tom looks at me. and He's like, "So this is real life right now." <laughs> and I look at him. I'm like, "Yes." And now, keep in mind, like I also like cut my hair a little different for that trip, and I put like the little lines on the side. Oh yeah,
1: you're Tom's rocking like, the '80s, baby. Tom's
0: like, "Let me ask you something." He goes, "What, what, what brought this on?" And I'm like, "Dude, a year ago, I almost lost everything. Right. I'm fucking living. I'm living it, and I'm living it, it large." Yeah, he looks at me. He goes. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, man, it was a wild. But he doesn't have,
1: I mean, let's face it. Out of all the people that you kind of like came around with, I mean, you kind of naturally express that way. You know what I'm saying? Like you have a creative side to you as well. I mean, nobody talks like you. Nobody, uh, you know.
0: Here's the thing though, Roy, if you would have trained with me 10 years ago, I I was very quiet. I didn't always come out this way. Just because I always knew that I had a lot to say. And I felt like if I said it, people would be like, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're not quite there yet, boy. Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like, I'm a white belt. And I'm a blue belt. What am right. I really going to say? But then once I started finding my groove and really like what made me comfortable is the more time I started spending with Tom right. and hearing the things that he was saying and his philosophies on things, I started realizing like, you know what? I I vibe with this guy. Yeah, aside from jujitsu. That's an interesting point. Too. Aside from jujitsu, like I I directly relate with what he's saying. I like what he's saying. This is how I feel. Right. So then I started opening up to Tom and Tom and I have had some very deep conversations. Sure. Some of my favorite conversations I've had with Tom. Um you know, not I'm not going to give the details of it, but I remember there was one one conversation we had where you know, we talk about spirituality and sure. things like that, and, you know, you know. You know, we were, it might've been the trip where I got my black belt and we're like hanging out on the balcony, looking at the sun setting in Costa Rica. And he's like, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And I was so open with my faith and my spirituality, but I felt that way because he's so open about his. Sure. And then, you know, on top of it. So now we're, we're talking about how we feel about things, but we have those, we're on the mats beating each other up, right? Like I can trust you to cross face me, but I can't tell you how I feel about angels and God. Like we sure. should talk about that, but
1: it's but that's part of the deeper, the deeper relationships, the deeper friendships. I, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, having studied other martial arts, do you get the sense that there is that in other, like like with football? I mean, I, I didn't play it at the level that you played at, but I didn't develop the friendships. You know, you know it's,
0: it's funny you say that. Maybe it's the
1: pads. Maybe it's the the different types of mentality. I mean.
0: So here's the thing. I There are people that I played football with in high school right. that I never became friends with. Right. You know, during the game, during practice, you know, you do something well, we'll celebrate, we'll bang heads. But when the game's over, yeah. I'm not hanging out with you. I uh, I did have, when I played on the offensive line in high school, I will say that. Those guys that those, those guys are, are very tight. strong yeah, yeah, bond yeah, with. Yeah. Because you gotta really trust each other and depend each other. Like if you mess up, now I'm I'm gonna get looked bad and I need to know that we're all on the same page. And I became very close with you know the guy that lined up right next to me. That was like he became my best friend. And it's funny because on the other side, our left tackle became very close with the left guard. Because they were together on that side, so you start developing your little bonds. But you have to it be was
1: coordinated though on the offensive line. That's another thing. You you're all in that same sort of. You've got to work goal. together. Yeah,
0: you've got to be able to shift and make calls yep. mm-hmm. and you know talk out loud mm-hmm. and really like be vocal with things. Um, like people don't realize this. Like it's not a secret when you play football. Like that that person is literally saying like I've got this guy. I'm on this guy. So now that defensive player knows. You're blocking them. It's not a secret. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. And if we do it right, it's going to execute. It's just the way it is. I had a coach tell me one time, you know, being good doesn't mean that you don't say what you're doing and pull it off. Being good means you can tell the other person exactly what you're going to do <laughs> and still pull it off and do it anyway. Right. And that's what I love about jiu-jitsu, too. Yeah. You know what certain people are going to play. You know what they're going to go for. Mm. Can you stop it? Right. Or can you not? Everybody knows I'm gonna play half guard when I'm here. Everybody knows I'm gonna play deep half. Stop it. Yeah, and you exactly. know what I do when guys can't stop it at the end of the round? I tell them what to do to try to stop it. It's
1: I mean, only gonna make me better.
0: Yeah. It's only gonna make you better. Yeah. And then you develop a trust.
1: You know, trust is another great word to define this whole thing because you really do trust your training partners. I, I mean, you know, even something like an arm bar, for instance. There is a certain aspect of trusting at a certain point, not to you know hyperextend somebody's elbow or or their arm there, and you really do have to trust that because a to. lot of times you're not tapping in training, right? You know, and, and sometimes like, like they- you always say, listen, you sign the waiver, you know, for for competing. That's not. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about when you're training, though. When you're training in the class. And again,
0: you know, you sign the waiver. You know what you're going for. But, you know, you start finding your flow. You start going. And and things happen. Injuries are going to happen. This is a combat sport at the end of the day. But to the other side of that, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when people are training and someone gets hurt, how upset does the other person get that they accidentally hurt someone or that someone got hurt while Uh, they were training? It's the worst feeling in the world. It happened tonight. Two guys were training. And uh, Pat Lee went for a sweep. Now, I, I think he was going against Justin. So he, he gets the sweep on Justin. But when Justin falls, Justin goes, ah! Immediately, I could see it in Pat's eye. He goes, oh my God, was it your knee? Was it your knee? Yeah, yeah. Are you That freak out, because it's like, please don't tell me I hurt you. Yeah. Please don't tell me I hurt you. And then, you know... Justin was like, no, you need my balls. And I was like, man, (laughs) I'm so glad you got needing the balls. Because if that was your knee, my heart breaks. It's like, oh, no. Because you know, like, you you grow that empathy for someone. Absolutely. Like, like their pain is your pain when you see one of your teammates. Especially if
1: you feel like you caused it.
0: Well, you see it even with competition. How many times do coaches and teammates say, I get more nervous watching my teammates go than when I do it? Yeah.
1: One of the nice things I do, I am seeing in MMA these days, maybe it's the, uh, I, I seem to recall like Leo to Machida being the first guy to really kind of do this is that he, or no, maybe it was Anderson after they would knocked their, their opponent out, they'd go over to the guy, you know what I'm saying? And to me, that's such a nice moment of sportsmanship, you know?
0: Yeah. Or you can take that too far though yeah i mean you can be tom who literally knocked the guy out and then cradled him like a baby afterwards (laughs) and like when the guy woke up tom was like shh it's okay man it's okay man i'm here for you brother it's like you just killed this guy
1: same kind of like intimacy that we both laid our fucking souls on the line and it's an incredible thing
0: well it's also that recognition of like yeah like i knocked you out yeah i submitted you but guess what if one or two things go the other way, yeah, I'm on me. the other end. Yeah, could have been me. It, it, and that's the thing you accept when you do these competitions. Like, yeah, you 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 can win. You can also lose. And even when you win, it could have gone the other way. Yeah, You're one mistake away from getting your leg ripped. You're one mistake away from giving up the arm bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You overextend or you let your elbow come away from your body a little bit, that's yep. it.
1: It's yep. over. Yep, exactly. So let me, uh, we don't have that much time left here, but... Uh, this wonderful thing of BJJ. How do you see it growing? This this culture. How do you like? Give me five years from now, ten years from now. Give me your crystal ball.
0: I, I think here's what I think is going to happen. I think, I,
1: but in terms of the culture, in terms of the culture, yeah. So
0: it's going to be one of two things. The sport has to grow, mm-hmm. and then the culture is going to follow. Right. The sport has to grow first. More people have to learn about it. I think with 1FC, what they're planning on doing about starting grappling matches and putting it on live TV right. in America, I think that's going to make people very aware to it. It's going to make people more open to it. Right, right, Because right now when people think jiu-jitsu, the people that don't know think MMA. They think right. UFC. They think Hoist Gracie in the gi, you know, catching elbows to the face just to get a triangle. But if they can actually watch no-gi grappling... Hmm. Or gi grappling, jiu jitsu, submission grappling. Now it's open to more people. And what happens when you have more people doing something? You have more minds right. doing it. That's gonna help the evolution of the sport. That's gonna make the techniques grow. That's gonna make the sport get better, faster. You're gonna see the younger generations. I see it already at tournaments where these blue belts are looking like a purple or brown belt from 10, 12 right, years ago. Right, right. But now that's what that does to the sport. Whose mind is it going to spark? Whose spirit is it going to spark? Someone who says, I love this because of what it can do for people. Right. And that's how you start changing the culture. I think the culture is gonna be, you're gonna have a lot more people doing it. It's gonna be more acceptable Mm -hmm. where people aren't gonna say, I have to get in shape before I come in or I'm too old for, to start right now, people are going to realize this is for everyone. Give it a try. Watch how this changes your life. Forget about the physical. Forget about the self-defense. Watch how this makes you a better person. Watch how this makes you more attentive to all types of details. Watch how this clears your mind so when you're home and your wife starts talking, you can pay attention to her mm. because you cleared your mind. Watch how it makes people more open to talking to other people, understanding different points of views. Right. Because you're talking to all different walks of life on these mats. Yeah.
1: That's another great thing. Yeah. I mean you get all types that walk in here.
0: You have no idea what anyone does for a living. I don't see enough
1: Jewish people out there, but whatever.
0: There's a ton in here. You don't realize it. They're here. <laughs> no, You're here, Roy. It's me and Will. yeah, I see them sneaking in the matzo ball soup oh, in the winter. <laughs> Nobody ever asked me if I want some. I'll take some matzo ball. Dude, soup, Dude,
1: I, my, my wife is making some, I will bring you a, a nice quart of it.
0: I'll take some matzo ball soup, Roy. I'm going to hold that to you now.
1: I, I promise. I, I, I give you my word. My what word movie are we going to go see this Christmas? Uh, well, hang on. <laughs> I have one of the, I have one of the point here. I think one of the, the main growing aspects of this thing, I was having this discussion with, my, uh, with a friend of mine who's an ex-wrestler. Okay. I see this as the next step for wrestlers because a lot of times when they graduated high school, they graduated college, there is no next step for wrestlers. Yeah. There is no, call it softball league, if well, you Well, there's will. MMA. There is, but not many guys want to get their face beat in that That's way. That's the
0: big thing. Who wants to get punched in the face? Exactly
1: this is the natural extension for wrestlers when they want to you know feel that competition vibe again yeah a perfect example we got manny in here coach manny and coach max yeah
0: you know they wrestled at montgomery high school uh manny had the opportunity to go wrestle in college and he just didn't he didn't want to wrestle in right. college yeah but he started realizing there's no
1: future to it i mean Either you got him the Olympics or he got, you know, professional wrestling, which is, you know, a whole different, uh, a whole different avenue yeah. that
0: you need personality, right? You need to be able to act. Absolutely. Like, it takes, it's not easy being a pro wrestler. I absolutely, agree. There's a lot that goes into it. It's... Manny got in here, started realizing like, wait a minute, there's,
1: this is these guys are getting extension paid? of my wrestling. A hundred percent. And now, and,
0: and then you just start learning jujitsu right. and you mix it with what you already have. Yeah. And now it's, that's the evolution of the sport. Yeah.
1: That's kind of where I was going with this. I, I think that a lot of ex-athletes from high school, no matter what sport they played, that are still jonesing for that, that competitive vibe, it, this is so much more than karate, than taekwondo. And I'm not you know busting on those sports, but this is the real deal, quote unquote, as far it's as that, I'm concerned.
0: Listen, perfect example. I got into it because I needed something where I could just, you know, bang my body up. Yeah. I needed it. I did not. It wasn't just to like, I didn't want to beat people up. I wanted to beat myself up. Right. I wanted to challenge. I needed to feel that yeah. to feel You're alive. You're not going to
1: get that from any other, you know, nope. you know, I, you know, I, I watched the, uh, the Olympics and I'm watching each of these events and they look very, very specific, whether it's pole vaulting or, or even running. You know, you, they, they break it down into 100 meters or 200 meters or, you know, 800 meters. Everything is a very specific thing. There's not much expression physically out there for the average guy, or, or girl too, to, you know, to come on in and do.
0: And this is very expressive. Yeah. Everyone's game is different. It's like a fingerprint.
1: That's, you know what, that's a really good way to put it. I mean, yeah. I know you use the, uh, the Bob Ross uh, <laughs> reference about the, world. Uh, the painting.
0: It's your world, baby. Uh, and it's true, man. Like listen, it's a martial art. And I say this in class, right? Yeah. Everyone here is trying to draw a tree. As you're training and as you progress, you know, you you start adding more crayons to your box. Then you start learning how to blend those crayons. And then before you know it, you start making the, the tree however you want. You can make a tree that's mm. black and white because that's your interpretation of the tree. Your your jujitsu is right, your interpretation right, right. of what we're doing, how you chain things together. You might not see something that somebody else does and goes like, hey, there's an opening there. What? Right. Where? Yeah. Oh, but what if they do this? Then you do this. And it's like, whew. yeah, something as small as putting in a hook, a butterfly hook from half guard. You just put your foot on the inside of their thigh. It opens whole, a whole new world. whole new world opens up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What?
1: I just added a whole thing to my game. Whole thing.
0: Yeah. Whole thing. Yeah.
1: But I I got to show you that. I even talk about like the idea between overhook and underhook. And it's a whole different set of movements at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's all your personal preference. We're sitting like here
1: smiling do. at each other because we both know, like inside, what this is all about. And and like the average person, I just wish they could just try it. They can. Yeah, they can. Yeah, you just gotta
0: put those anxieties. So aside, what is so what is that you.
1: catalyst? The guy that's sitting on the couch. You know what I'm saying. Because he's probably a little afraid too, and you know.
0: Of course, they are. Yeah. We, that's what we talked about. We talked about this in a couple episodes. I think it's that fear of not knowing and knowing you're going to be an amateur at something again. Yeah. Because here's the thing: this is why I think it's it's so much easier for like, and you're seeing a, a big a, a change, a wave of that 18 to 24 year old yeah. who's starting to train. It's a little bit easier for them no because doubt. they've they're going from being a student to being a student.
1: Yeah, you know yeah. they're not too far. Natural remote. segue.
0: But now, what if you're 35 to 40 years old, right. 45 years old? You graduated high school or college 20 years ago. You got your job. You've been doing your job. You're yeah. good at it. You're not learning anything new. Maybe they want you to learn Microsoft Excel. Okay, I'll take a two-hour course and figure it out. Yeah. This is something where you're literally like, I don't know anything. Yeah, I don't know how to tie my belt. I don't know what the uniform is. That's very scary for people yep. to go back to being that green, that new, especially because you forget how to be new and nobody wants to
1: get hurt at that, at that age. That's a and big you don't thing to get hurt. When that's why you got to find the right school. You got to find what suits you. That's an interesting point too. As far as the cultures that the schools are pushing, I think a lot of the schools you mentioned before when you went to, when you were coaching at the competition that all of the coaches there seem like good guys. Yeah. You know, for the most part. Yep. And I think they're all trying to instill that BJJ camaraderie, that BJJ culture into their schools. So
0: that's the culture we were talking about. And I think that's what's going to happen more. You know, 15, 20 years ago, if you went to a jiu-jitsu academy, it was most likely a a purple belt who has been training under a black belt. Or if you found a good school, it was a black belt that had a competition background and they ran it old school. Right, Right, right. It was hard. It was tough. It was... But now you've got a lot of people who are realizing the benefits to this sport, the benefit to this art, and they're opening up academies. And they might not be competitors. Yeah. They might not be, you know, those those hard guys. They might just be people that really love the sport and want to share it with someone yeah. and create that community to, to give the benefits of it. Right. And I think we all we got to support that. But if you're thinking about joining a jiu-jitsu school, I'm telling everyone, it's like anything else. Go visit schools. Take those free trial classes. Try it out. Don't right. buy the first pair of shoes you buy. When people come here and they're like, well, I was thinking about looking at other schools, I tell them, like, go. Go for it, yeah. Go look at them. I'll even tell you where to look. Right. You know, I get messages from people all the time, like, hey, I live in this area, you know, can you recommend a school? Absolutely. I have friends who don't live near the near my academy. Right. And what they've done is they're like, hey, man, I would love to try a class with you because they're comfortable with me. Sure. I'm like, yeah, come on in. They take the class and they're like, dude, I love this. I felt comfortable. And I'm like, now let's find you a school. And based on where they live, I find a school for them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, go. one of my best friends, uh, his son trained here for a little bit, but uh, they moved a little bit further south. So, you know, it's a 45 minute drive to come Mm -hmm. up here. That's too far. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I know you want to get your son back into Jiu Jitsu. I know my school's too far. Go to Chris Metakis' Academy. And they signed up at, at Metakas's Academy. And I feel great doing that because number one, I'm supporting one of my friends and teammates and helping his school grow. Right. And number two,
1: I'm spreading. You believe, but you also believe that Metakus uh, can give this kid the right uh
0: Oh, more than believe. I know he yeah, will. That's what that's I know that's he a will. Big thing. I'll send people to Pete's. I'll send people to Ricardo's. I'll send people to to Gary's. Right. I'll send people to Tom's. You know, we had a gentleman come in here one time, and you know, he had a 13 year old son. His son was a stud, a stud. And I told him, I was like, "Look, your kid's really good. You want to do competitions? We don't have that yet. We're not there as an academy yet. I can't, right, right. I can't give him what he needs. Right. Go visit Dante Rivera." Because he lived right around there. He goes, Oh, we were just about to visit them. I'm like, That's where he'll do well right now. Right. Now, that takes me having to be honest and realizing what I can offer right now. Right now. That culture is starting to change around here, too, with the kids starting to compete a little bit more. But, you know, 16 months ago, I didn't have that. We were still trying to survive COVID. Sure. You know, this kid. So let it. me ask you this
1: the average person that's, let's say, listening to this that lives outside of New Jersey or is not around you know a, a, a choice of schools? what should they be looking for if they have a choice between two schools? Or is it just in uh, you know it's your own a pers- vibe? It's a personal vibe yeah. Where do you feel the most comfortable right? listen I I,
0: I I drive a Lincoln. I love my Lincoln. I had no intention of buying a Lincoln. I wanted a Cadillac yeah. until I sat in the Cadillac.
1: Mm. I was like. Not feeling no, it.
0: I don't know what it is. Not feeling it. I don't like the way it does this. I don't like the way it turns. I don't like how my shoulders feel. Then I got in the Lincoln. I was like, "Holy shit!" This I feels, really like this. Yeah. I still love that car. Dude, I love my car. All
1: right. I tell you this, man. I, I, I'll tell you my, my, my whole thing with cars is that basically, like at this point, I don't want one of those cars that feels like I'm going over a bump and it feels like I'm in my living room. Mm. I need a little bit of tightness, you know. So. Anyway, we're coming to the end of this thing, and, and people had said they want to know a little bit more about you on a personal level. So I'm just going to hit you with a quick question. Give oh, me your man. three top comedy movies. Go.
0: My three top. How are we even getting into that? Three top comedy movies. Give
1: me your. You want to see one of these three comedy movies? Go. All
0: right, I'll put it to you this way. If, if these movies are on, I'm not changing the channel. <laughs> okay. Go. Number one. Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. I can't
1: believe you said that. I've I've never seen that movie. I always go buy it. You got to watch it. It's that good. I can't stand Jack Black. It's what? I just, here's the thing. He looks like the kind of guy I'd want a forearm right now. You know what's
0: funny? I had a friend who told me the same thing. He goes, I don't like Jack Black. I'm like, you don't like Jack Black in the movies you've seen. Right. Jack Black in Tenacious D. That's Jack Black. Okay. That's a different oh, Jack Black. That is Jack Black singing and rocking and rolling, and it is a musical, and All it's right. got meatloaf. Is, is it better than
1: School of Rock? 100. Oh. Way better than School of Rock. Okay.
0: Dude, this movie's got this movie's got Dio in the first five minutes right, okay. singing rock. All
1: right, I'm there. All right,
0: I will watch that. You got to watch it. I will. I've Tenacious never D and it. the Pick of Destiny. Right,
1: I get it. Number two. I'm really surprised with that pick, by the way.
0: Uh, I really love... Uh, the Life Aquatic Wow Holy I do
1: Holy shit Was that Wes Anderson?
0: Uh, who's in that? It? It's uh, Bill Murray
1: Bill Murray Exactly The
0: Life Aquatic with Steve Zuzu well, You're
1: really pulling out Really I, surprising picks. I love
0: that movie Because it's I love movies where like I'm not like ha, 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 ha. I like where I can <laughs> just watch it And be like That's fucking funny uh, I get. Like, I like that dry humor I gotcha uh, I just watched this movie Two nights ago Which one? Best in show Oh, that's a great one. It's a great one. Yeah, it's a bunch of people with, yeah. at a dog show. <laughs> the, the characters. I love in that those. Show. Those movies crack me up. You know why? Because there's a sense of reality in them. Right. Right. Like there's like that's real. You see these people yeah. in you see, in that movie, it's about a dog show. Yeah. Those dog owners are no different than the wrestling dads, <laughs> right. than the little league dads, than the mom. You know the 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 moms who are. What are they called? Like the the little Miss, like perfect little Miss Sunshine yeah, type shit.
1: The Karen types. Oh
0: my God. It's just <laughs> people that are obsessed with making this thing that has no input being perfect. That's amazing. Uh, those, I, I never
1: I, would have figured those three movies. Those are my top three.
0: I mean, I, obviously, I'm gonna, I like movies like, uh,
1: I mean, like Airplane, Blazing Saddles. No, uh, I don't like
0: those older ones. Uh, oh my God. That's your generation. I guess so. But you it's know. like, I
1: haven't seen a great comedy in such a long time.
0: That's why I like those, like, you know, those,
1: those, uh, those dry humor ones. Yeah.
0: You know, I love like those movies that are like those indie ones.
1: Did you ever see Spinal Tap though? Those are the guys. I don't want to say show. no, but
0: yes, that's one of those movies where it's like, I know I'm gonna watch it. I know I'm gonna but love it. I, it's the best in show people. it's the best in show people. Yeah. I'm I just haven't watched it yet. But I know I'll love it. You would. But yeah, I like you those would. dry humor movies. I do. <sighs> but I also like I don't like the ones that are like blatantly funny. Like that's just it's too corny.
1: I'll tell you one thing. And uh I do like 40 year old virgin. That's a great one. Yep. Any any of those, like uh I forget the guy's last name, Todd something or other. He, he made all these movies. But anyway, I, what I'm saying is that uh it, it, I'm just surprised at the at those fakes. I would have thought it would have been broader. But uh, what were you gonna
0: think? You would think I would pick like super troopers and shit like that. I love I supertroopers. Was...
1: Don't get me wrong, I
0: do enjoy super troopers, but like if Life of Aquatic is on, I'm watching, watching it. it. If Best in Show is
1: on, I'll I'm watching this, it. I'll tell you this. I never saw any of those movies, and I'm going to watch them now. Tenacity you know? and the Pick of Destiny. I mean, that's that's number one. It's a phenomenal I, movie.
0: Okay. It's it's the devil's horn turned into a guitar pick, okay. and it gives them
1: superpowers okay. to just shred licks that me. no one else can do. You got me, brother my friend I enjoyed this conversation
0: I enjoy it Roy even if we didn't have microphones we'd be having these conversations anyway yes. and I'm glad people can listen in okay but yeah it was a, it was a blast uh man I, you know what I'm gonna dedicate this this everyone that I've trained with that I've shared these mats with that has impacted my life man like I love all you guys yeah. all you girls and you know Absolutely. you know whether we're training or not anymore. Man, you'll always have a special place in my heart. Absolutely.
1: And you only get it through uh, BJJ. Only
0: get it through BJJ. You know? All right, Roy. We'll edit this one. Same time next week, guys. Talk to you later.
1: Thank you for listening.